The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki Season 2. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. How are you now? How are you now? Uh, how am I now? I'm, I'm glad I asked. Uh, the good news is I don't have COVID. I'm still a little bit sick, but uh, I'm powering through it. I'm dedicated. What can I say? I'm, I'm so dedicated. You know how dedicated I am? I'm so dedicated that I still watch the Montreal Canadiens every game and record a podcast after every game, uh, no matter how bad things get. And let's be honest, um, honestly, not the worst game at all. But the Montreal Canadiens lose by a score of 3-2 to two in overtime to the Detroit Red Wings. Hello and welcome to episode 16 of this season of the Bottom 6 Minutes podcast presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize. I am Matt Drake and um, yeah, not the worst game. <clears throat> not at all uh, by any stretch, especially when you consider some of the previous games that they've played. Uh, this definitely doesn't rank among the worst whatsoever, but... Still pretty disappointing, and there's a lot of stuff that I want to get to, so I'm going to try to get the recap done here real quick for you, all right? So, game starts out, uh, pretty good start for the Montreal Canadiens, they're looking pretty good, and then eventually, uh, Ryan Paling takes a stellar Michael Pezzetta feed, Michael Pezzetta cutting in, uh, uh, curling in towards the boards, and then making some space for Ryan Paling, who fires it, far side, low, into the net, one nothing for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, scary moment late in the first period. Uh, Jake Allen gets taken out by Dylan Larkin. I wanted to be angry about that immediately when I saw it because Larkin really rammed into him. But on further review, Jeff Petrie threw him into Jake Allen. So that was 100% Jeff Petrie's fault. Jeff Petrie gave the puck away at the offensive blue line and then was trying to chase him down in order to stop a scoring chance and ended up throwing him directly into Jake Allen, who left the game uh, eventually, not right away, and did not return. Uh, More on that later. But anyways, Allen not out to start the second period. It's Samuel Montembeau in net. Less than three minutes into the period, uh, Dylan Larkin beats him from literally inches away from the goal line. Horrible angle. Uh, one that Montembeau definitely should have stopped, but uh, no, it went in. It was pretty similar to the goal, actually, that Cole Caulfield scored for the Laval Rocket uh, earlier on today when they played in the afternoon. But this one, you know, really, if, if he was properly protecting his post, he would have got, you know, his shoulder or his head on it for sure. At any rate, uh, it didn't get any better for Montembeau either. About a minute later, Pius Suter puts another one through him, and I mean through him. It was like there was a literal hole. I think it touched his glove a little bit, uh, really one he absolutely should have stopped. And it's 2-1 for the Detroit Red Wings. And that's how the second period would end, 2-1. And we're feeling, you know, this is uh, another one of those games, right? Maybe it's going to get away from them. Uh, it's, it's not that far apart in terms of overall uh, play balance. I think the Habs were... We're in that game, but, you know, feeling like this is going to be one of those games, right? But no, less than three minutes into the period, uh, Arturi Lekkonen with a ridiculous 
behind the back uh, blind pass from his knees across the crease and uh, to the other side to Chris Weidman, who blasts it in and makes it 2-2, two to two, tying the game up. Now we're feeling like there's some hope, right? Game gets to overtime even. Obviously, only the second time this season that the Montreal Canadiens have made it to an overtime frame. So they get themselves a point, which is either good or bad, depending on what side of the tank or not tank debate that you're on. Uh, but anyways, they get to overtime. Uh, and of course, doesn't go well. Mike Hoffman tries to get a shot. It gets blocked. Dylan Larkin goes in on a two-on-one with uh, with who? With Lucas Raymond. And... Initial save gets made by Samuel Montembeau, uh, but he kind of overcommits a little bit on making that save and can't get himself adjusted back, and Larkin fires in the rebound to end the game 3-2 to two for the Detroit Red Wings. Now, on to my items for discussion, so to speak. Uh, let's start off with the broadcast, because I started out watching this game on Sportsnet. Um, technically City TV, but it's the Sportsnet feed and Sportsnet broadcasters. Um, I don't know what their names were, and I'm, I'm not going to go look them up and, and name them anyways because I'm, I'm about to dump on them a little bit. They were horrible. Horrible. First of all, the the guy doing play-by-play, he had all the enthusiasm and emotion of like a vice principal reading an obituary over the PA at a high school after the national anthem or something in the morning. Like it was just like, he sounded bored. Apparently this guy is like a a curling announcer normally. I think he should probably go back to curling. And I hope for the sake of anybody who's a fan of curling, that he has a little bit more emotion in his voice and a little bit more care for what he's doing. Um, Aside from that, it, it wasn't just, the, the tone of the broadcast, it was they were mispronouncing names. They kept calling Arturi Lekkonen Laukinen. Uh, I don't know where you got that pronunciation from, but it's blatantly incorrect. Uh, pretty easy one for you to figure out in the first place, but they couldn't. They kept calling him Laukinen over and over and over again. They referred to Yoel Armia as a defenseman. They said Yoel Armia is a very underrated defenseman for the Montreal Canadiens, and that may be kind of true because you you definitely don't hear him mentioned in the Norris Trophy conversation very often, but that's probably because he's not a defenseman. Jesus. They also uh, um, they were talking about Frölunda. Frölunda, of course, the you know one of the best teams in the Swedish Hockey League, and they kept calling it Forlunda. Now. I could be wrong about this because I'm not Swedish, okay? But I'm pretty sure it's Frölunda, not Forlunda. Now, I do have it on very good authority that it's not Forlunda because I do happen to have a friend of mine named Patrick, a.k.a. Zeb underscore Habs on Twitter. You should absolutely follow that man if you do not currently follow him, who writes about European prospects for Eyes on the Prize and also does the Absent Minded podcast that we have as well. And he is Swedish, and he uh, happens to uh, let me know that it is, in fact, Frölunda, not Forlunda. Um, don't know where they got that pronunciation from either. But, uh, like, they, 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 there was times where it almost seemed like they were trying to hit a word count. Like, the guy had a sentence at one point where he said, this is Detroit's best line, and it should be because it's their best line. And it's like, okay, are you trying to hit a word count for your essay? I don't know what they were doing. Uh, I don't know what why, why Sportsnet sent out their their C team for a Saturday night game, but they made me. Uh, I I, have, I tend to avoid TVA personally, even though I do speak French. 
uh, just because I'm not a big fan of TVA. But they made me switch to TVA. And then, of course, I had to listen to TVA uh, remind me 75 times that Samuel Montembeau is from Quebec. Hey, Samuel Montembeau, uh, il fait l'arrêt. Le Québécois, il fait l'arrêt. Oh, l'original de, de Bécancourt, il fait l'arrêt. Um, I, I think he's from Bécancourt anyway. I can check that real quick. Samuel Montembeau is from Bécancourt. I was right. I was right. I knew they said it on the broadcast. Of course they did. Uh, because they always do that. And that's one of the reasons why I tend to avoid them. But they were much, 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 much better than those guys on Sportsnet. So, rough night just listening to the game and watching it on TV. If you happen to be on that Sportsnet slash City TV feed, it was really not good. Uh, on to the actual game, though. Let's start with Jeff Petrie. I don't know what's wrong with Jeff Petrie, but he's been playing pretty bad for a little while. Uh, he didn't have his worst game, but obviously that play where he threw Dylan Larkin into his own goaltender stands out. I mean, he made the mistake, first of all, that caused that scoring chance. Like I mentioned earlier, he gave it away at the offensive blue line and was chasing down Larkin to try and stop the scoring chance and ended up pushing him directly into Jake Allen. Now, Jake Allen gets pulled out, presumably by the spotter. So we do think this is probably a concussion issue. Knowing the Montreal Canadiens, they'll never admit that it's a concussion. They'll call it an upper body injury. And we're going to be left to kind of, you know, fill in the blanks and be like, okay, it's a concussion. Uh, so he might be out for a little bit. Habs are probably going to have to call up a goaltender. And that's 100% Jeff Petrie's fault. Can't blame Dylan Larkin for that whatsoever. All he's doing is trying to go to the net, gets shoved from behind right into the goalie. So... Uh, bonehead play and honestly I've been surprised at, at how rough Petrie has looked this season it's a pretty significant concern and then another concern now is who do you bring up if Jake Allen's going to miss some time um, honestly I, I watched the Rocket game earlier today and wrote a recap for that game and uh, Caden Primo looked pretty good so I think he's maybe the better goaltender down there right now but that being said you probably got to bring up Michael McNiven because you don't want to kneecap the Rocket by taking away their best goaltender. I think you let Caden Primo get all the starts down there. I think you bring up Michael McNiven and uh, kind of sink or swim time, see see what he's got. Maybe he's got something special in the tank for you. I, I, I don't know. It's it's not a great position to be in for the Montreal Canadiens that they, they have to try and figure out who they're going to bring up. I mean, Jake Allen is, is the guy that's supposed to be taking all the games when Carey Price can't play. And now, you know, you probably don't have Jake Allen. So... Uh, look, for my money, I'd probably bring up McNiven, but um, we'll see what they decide to do in the coming days if, in fact, Jake Allen is going to miss any time. So thanks, Jeff. Thank, thanks, for, uh, thanks for making a whole new issue for this team that we didn't need right now, but uh, I digress. Uh, let's get into the silver lining of the game. Like I said, I keep saying it, right? No matter how bad things get, I'm always going to come up with a silver lining, and I am going to go with the same man that I gave player of the game to last game, Ryan Paling. Not to toot my own horn, but I was right. Calling him up was a good call. Um, he looked really good in his first game, and they won that game. This one, obviously, they didn't, but he still looked great. And this time, he found the score sheet as well. And the ice was honestly tilted in Montreal's favor when he was, when he was out there. He was one of the best possession players on the team. Um, I think, again... He warrants an extended look, especially just if he's going to be on that fourth line, right? It's not like you're relying on him to win games, and pretty much this season appears to be a write-off anyways. So, find out what you got, right? Uh, I was talking about it in the EOTP chat with my buddy Jared Book earlier, and he made a really good point, you know? 
if Jake Evans, Ryan Paling, and Nick Suzuki all take a step forward this season and that's all we get, that's a that's that's decent. We we should probably take that. We should take that as a good sign for the future, right? You know, three young players that could be major contributors for this team uh, moving forward at the center position as well, which has been a historical weakness of the Montreal Canadiens. Um, it, it would be good news if all three of those guys took a step forward. And all three of them had good games, to be honest. They all played pretty well against the Red Wings. Uh, but Paling, for my money, was the best out of the three. Uh, he looked great. Uh, I'm super excited to keep seeing him play. Uh, you know, even if things are going to be really bad for the remainder of this season, it's going to be nice to see him develop a little bit, right? We had that, of course, him him getting a hat trick in his first ever game with the Montreal Canadiens, and everybody went, "Oh my God, this guy's going to score a million goals!" Eh, not so much, but we're seeing now that you know he took a little bit longer to develop than we might have originally thought as a result of that hat trick game, and you know we're we're seeing the benefit of spending a little bit more time in the AHL. Uh, and learning his craft because now he's come up and he, he looks very dependable. He was very good defensively. He's very good possession-wise. Um, there's there's a lot to like. There's a lot to like, and I'm excited to see more of that. So now the the, the last thing I want to talk about before I end the podcast is, you know, this is three games straight where they've earned at least a point, right? Losing in overtime and then winning and then now losing in overtime again. Um, at, at what point, you know... If you're the general manager, now I don't want to turn this into a fire the general manager rant. Anybody who listens to this podcast, you already know my opinion on that anyways. But at what point do you start trying to move assets, right? At what point do you start stacking draft picks? I think that point's got to come sooner than later. Because if you're, if you're going to go all in on the draft instead of trying to salvage this season which it doesn't look very salvageable at this point especially not if Jake Allen's going to be out for an extended period of time you need to start thinking about that draft you need to move some people who are non-essential right Ben Sherratt strikes as non-essential you know he's on an expiring contract and he probably has one of the better values that you could possibly trade for now I, I get it for the most part uh, selling teams wait until closer to the deadline but at what point do you do you start making moves right I think that's a question that that needs to be asked, and and I wonder when is that going to be for the Habs? Like, there's rumors that they're interested uh, in uh, Vitaly Kravtsov from the Rangers, and it's like, well, why are we why are we adding more players that would potentially be be used in the roster immediately? I would think that right now, if anything, would be interested in again stacking those picks, right? But. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave that for for a different game. I don't think that was a that was, it was far from their worst game of the season. Uh, I don't think it's time for for a fire anybody rant, and I don't think it's time necessarily to blow things up. I'm just wondering when would you maybe look at it, right? That's gonna be it for the podcast. We are running today, ooh, around 15 minutes. So vraiment une grosse soirée pour les employés de soutien. We are on Spotify, uh, Megaphone, Google Play, Apple. I am on Twitter at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I would appreciate it very much. Thank you, as always, for listening, and à la prochaine.